The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. All right, let's go. Here we go. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau insurance agent across the great state of Mississippi. Give them a chance to handle your insurance if you haven't already. That's my advice. Also, stick around. Because for the next three hours, we're going to have a fun ride together. There is a lot to get into. A whole lot to get into. Show this. Now listen, most importantly, I'd like for you to be a part of the show. So y'all hit me up. If you're watching the live stream on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube, just type in a comment right there. Hit enter or send or whatever it says, the arrow. And I'll see it here all in one place. I can see what y'all are saying. If you have a question, a comment. Also, text me on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN or 885-3776. So hit me up. Call me. I'd love to hear your voice today on this Wednesday. On the uh, Divinity Equipment phone line, it's 995-1059. So file that away. You know, like write it on your hand. Y'all still do that? Write notes on your hand so you won't forget it? Write it on your hand on the back of your arm. 995-1059. 995-1059. bad thing about that is if, like, if you have an accident and get knocked out, they may think that's the phone number to where you live, and they call us, and then it becomes public. Maybe just memorize it, okay? That, that'd be better. Just, <laughs> just memorize the phone number to the Divinity Equipment phone here on the show, 995-1059. Happy Hump Day, everybody! Yeah, you made it to Wednesday. You sure did. And since it is officially football season, Wednesday means we're one day away from football. You got college football tomorrow night, and you have the NFL kicking it off tomorrow night at Arrowhead. That's right, the Chiefs hosting the Texans kicking it off tomorrow night. I'm excited. Can you tell? Yeah, and uh, JB is here, I promise you. He's hand, he's putting out a couple of fires, not literally, thank goodness, but he is sort of kind of putting out a couple of fires. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we'll check in with JB here in just a bit. But y'all feel free to text me in the meantime. Happy Wednesday. How about this? Let's see. I got a question right out of the gate. I haven't previewed it. Let's see what Stuart is asking on uh, the live stream. He's watching on YouTube today. He says, since MSU has to play LSU, do you think we have the best possible situation to beat them being the first game of the season and them not having any film on uh, Mike Leach? Well, yeah, this is my opinion, Stuart, is with everything that LSU has gone through, their changes, their replacing personnel, replacing an important coach and some of those things, if you're going to play them, you want to play them right out of the gate. It does not mean that you're going to beat them. Maybe you do. We'll see. Nobody really knows. There's so much that nobody knows. But if you're going to play them, right out of the gates is the best 
time to play him. Now, on the other side of that opinion coin was Matt Moscona, who was on the show last week. Matt has a great afternoon show in Louisiana called After, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, After Further Review. Matt Moscona, when I brought it up to him, you know, changes at LSU, passing offense at State, He'd said, look, it, it doesn't matter. LSU's going to win big. Here's what he said. Matt, I don't mean to be dismissive, man. I just don't think it matters. I mean, you know, LSU is, a, is roughly a 20-point favorite in that game, and I think they're going to win it by three touchdowns. <laughs> okay. LSU's a 20-point favorite in the game, and they are going to win it by three touchdowns. You heard it here first. Okay. Um... No, that's that's Matt. Lynn, who's watching the live stream on Facebook, says, oh, yeah, we're going to beat him. <laughs> How about that? So what's up, Lynn? He's watching on Facebook. Hey to Jesse, watching on Periscope. Hail State to you. Danny from Ringgold, Georgia, watching uh, on Facebook as well. Hey to y'all. And let's see here. What do we got here? Bates is the first in on the Country Pleasing Sausage text line. Let me tell you. All right. Uh, a little bit ago. My wife, the homecoming queen, and I had an early lunch together. We made lunch together. She uh, is a big fan of the country-pleasing products. She's had several of the different sausage flavors. She is not a fan of things that are real hot, okay, like really hot stuff. And I would tell you that by my standards, the... Country pleasing sausage, jalapeno and cheddar flavored sausage that I talk about a lot on the show. I eat about, you know, about that much of it every day. <laughs> um, is not like super duper flame throwing hot. It's not, but to somebody who doesn't like hot food, spicy food, then it might be hot because it's jalapeno. Well, I happen to be making some in there as a part of this lunch. And she said, Look, it, it just smells so good. I got to try it. I, I've got to try it. I'm like, You sure? She's like, Yeah, I got to try it. She takes a bite. You know, 10 seconds into it, oh, man, that's really good, she says. Yeah. And then about 10 seconds later, oh, boy, that's really hot. (laughs) And then her face turned red a little bit. So let me say, if you like hot food, it's not hot. If you don't, it's kind of hot, okay? So, but it's good. It's a good hot. The Country Pleasing Sausage text line. Bates says, it's hump day. Crank up the boom. Why not? Come on. Uh, Lynn on Facebook says that he had the Cajun style Sunday and it was great. It, I had some of that too. I love it. It's great. What's this news here? Hold on. Okay, I got a text from a friend who's telling me that one of the local TV stations is reporting that McGee High School's football team and six coaches are all in quarantine. Anybody confirm that? And McGee, who was it? McGee beat uh, Collins on Friday night, just beat the tar out of him. It was like 30-something to nothing or whatever. We'll see if we can get that confirmed. Thanks for the info. Yep. You got it, JB? Is that correct? Yeah, they have uh, canceled the next two weeks' games. Wow. 
So, like, reportedly the whole football team? Haven't got that far. My, my computer's okay. just now coming back, but I, I was able to read that headline. When a computer it's, uh, from when WLBT. A, when a computer finally comes back to you and comes back on, it's kind of like it's like a person waking up. It opens its eyes slowly, right? Like it takes a little bit. <laughs> oh, hey, JV, what's up? <laughs> Here we go. What do you need? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of like waking a kid up to go cut the grass. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> Big finish. Here we go. Outstanding. The JSU Sonic Boom. Thanks for the request. Bates is also saying, yeah, it is true uh, about McGee that one person apparently tested positive, therefore the whole shooting match, all of them. And, and this is the second time they've had uh, to quarantine in uh, in McGee. They had an earlier outbreak back at the 1st of August at the high school. Okay. Man, they're going through it, aren't they? Well, look. You know what? Let's just say it like it is, JB. Um, you know, one person, two people test positive. Everybody else goes into quarantine because of it. That's just the world we live in. That's where we are. That's what we expect. It's happening here in high school. You know, if we're not talking about someone uh, succumbing to the virus, dying, then, you know, we're not lighthearted about it. It's just kind of ma- very matter-of-fact. It's just the way life yeah. is right now. Well, here's what here's the latest update. This is about an hour ago. Uh, Superintendent Greg Pays confirmed that approximately 50 student football players as well as seven coaches are under quarantine. Also, uh, the cheerleading squad, about 15. Okay. So you have, uh, you know, about, what's that, 62, 72 kid people yeah. total. Right. And that the uh, the student and or the coach was considered to be contagious on September fourth, which was the same day of the football game last okay. Friday. Okay. Uh, okay. In addition to the exposure to the team, First Baptist Church uh, is is feeding them and doing some things to help out. So okay. And that's all, it, McGee. All, all together. Right. Okay. McGee, what is their mascot? Trojan. They're the Trojans. Okay, the McGee Trojans. All right, so y'all hang in there, McGee. Hopefully, you know, you get through this and come out the other side and be fine. But, you know, you think about it from a football standpoint, which is not the most important thing. Obviously, it's people being healthy, getting healthy, but and and, and hopefully not having gotten this. But uh, the thing about it is, you know, from a football perspective, you go into quarantine for 14 days, you call off the next two weeks. When they do come back after that, it's going to be a whole new kind of reacclimation and getting it ready sort of situation because you don't just come back after two weeks being off and just pick right up where you left off. That's for sure, too. So, again, that's just kind of – I hate to hear that for McGee. And uh, The game that they played last week, Matt, was uh, against Collins. Collins, yeah. And so they, they've sent them all the necessary information for them to uh, be aware and be on the lookout and do all the contact tracing. Uh-huh. Okay. So if they're the opponent, I wonder if they – have to just immediately quarantine anybody that might have come in contact with the person or do they test all their people? I would say the latter. Yeah, it would I would make think. more sense, you know. Yeah. But then then again what usually makes the most sense to me sometimes is not really logical to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, same here. All right, um so that's the news. Thanks for the heads up. Uh on my 
text over here from Debbie. Thanks for the heads up. For the confirmation from JB and Bates and the folks who are uh, pointing it out, Bates said it is true about McGee. One person tested positive. Okay, um, got some Monday Night Football news coming up for you in a bit. But first, a little bit before the show started here, State fans, listen up. You're going to play LSU, right, for the first game in Baton Rouge on the 26th if everything goes according to plan and you don't have any postponements or anything like that. Well, it popped up here uh, just a little bit ago on Twitter, LSU putting it out there. Officially, it's going to be a 25% capacity uh, allowed in the stadium for the ball game. And I guess that's for all of LSU's home games going forward until something changes. So what does that mean? Well, when State goes there for the opener, Tiger Stadium seats 102,321. So 102,321, a little over 102,000. 25% of that is exactly 25,580 people. So... Let's just say you had between twenty and 25,000 LSU fans in the stadium as a part of that 25% capacity of Tiger Stadium for that game. What's it going to sound like? It's really not going to be that bad, is it? I mean, I know it's not a huge crowd. No. 25%, a quarter of the stadium, I get it. But, JB, if you put 25,000 LSU fans anywhere, they're going to make some noise, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're going to sound like 50,000. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Especially it's, if it's a night game. Okay, but no tailgating. Right. That's not going to stop them. <laughs> They'll all tailgate at somebody's house and get an Uber to the, to the stadium. Right. Like that commercial. Yeah. Like, what are the chances that literally right. nobody goes and tailgates at the stadium? It's less than zero. Somebody's going to do it. Okay. I, I, I'm kind of at the point, Matt, where I think these, uh, these athletic directors, and I know it's up to the governors, but, you know, they're able to mark off spaces. Yeah. They mark them off all the time for regular tailgating. Why can't they just mark them off and you keep this space? I guess they don't want people congregating together. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Just don't want – I guess you. it's like we don't want it on our watch sort yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. Um, on our campus, outside our stadium, you know, and I'm assuming therefore like – when you are allowed to come in and tailgate on their campus, this, the the university is responsible for marking it off, and you know where you can be and where you can, and picking up your trash and a lot of those things. They clean up after you. They have crews and all this. They have people out, you know, police directing traffic, security, all these different things. So by eliminating all that, it's just one more thing they can eliminate in terms of liability of folks coming on campus passing this around. And, you know, it's just not allowed. Okay, so that's pretty much universal. Tailgating is just a done deal for this year. Um, this is I found this interesting, too. Scott Rabelais, who covers uh, LSU for the Baton Rouge Advocate. Great writer. He, great he, writer. Great. They've had a bunch. They've had a run of yeah. great writers in, in that uh, publication. Yeah. Uh, I, when I lived in Baton Rouge, I used to read his, his articles all the time. Yeah. He's been there for forever. Yeah, he really has. <laughs> Some of the other guys have come and gone, but you're right. He's been there forever. Um, he says bands will not travel this year. And that includes LSU. So like road games are not taking 
He also says the in-stadium alcohol policy is to be determined. You know, so it just seems... By each I mean, individual or by a corporate... Yeah. <laughs> okay, and this is not a right or wrong conversation. What I'm saying is... If, no, if that's the if they normally sell that as a part of their concessions, which which they do, right? Why would they not in this situation because of a limited capacity? Is it well if we sell alcohol, people get drunk and they forget not to socially distance? Is that it? Let me see here. It says Woodward, the AD at LSU, says no ban on the field. Um. So no ban on the field pregame or anything like that. But the alcohol sales policy in stadium is to be determined at this point. So they're not sure if they're going to sell it like they normally do. Lynn on Facebook talking about Tiger Stadium 25% capacity, which they just announced that today, uh, says, I think it'll be quiet. Uh, but we're going to keep them, meaning state's going to keep them quiet anyway. How about that? Green Okra on the country pleasing text line says LSU's 25,000 or louder than other folks' 25,000. Yeah, that's true. Let me ask you this. All right. Here's a, here's a debate for you 25,000 LSU fans in their stadium versus 15,000 in Mississippi State's stadium ringing cowbells. Which is louder? Well, this stadium is smaller, so the less people, I don't really think, has that much of an effect. I, th- I think it would probably be pretty close to the same. Same decibel level? Yeah. I mean, you, can't, you can't ring those cowbells constantly through the whole game, right? Because right? they, they police it. That's right. But, but those drunk Cajuns can scream all freaking game. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to shut up, and frankly, they seldom do. No, exactly. (laughs) I've been there enough to know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. So Brandon Shields, who is a part of Mississippi Gridiron Magazine, he puts out there, due to COVID-19, both Collins and McGee are having to cancel the games this week and next week. So the games canceled are Mendenhall at Collins and McGee at Natchez, as well as, I guess the next week, Mendenhall at McGee, and Taylorsville at Collins. So that's just uh, the results. Kind of the first thing like that happening since high school football started uh, here in Mississippi, really. The first thing like that. And it won't be the last. You know, we'll have more of that. Bates, thanks for sending me that link. I would not have seen it otherwise. No, I meant to mention this a little uh, more prominently just because I saw this right before um, the show. And we're on the verge you know, of the start of the NFL season, which is going to kick off tomorrow night. But then on Monday night, you're going to have a doubleheader. But, you know, you've had this uh, Hank Williams Jr. Are you ready for some football? That song. (laughs) That's it. A little Hank Jr. And the whole uh, All My Rowdy Friends. Okay, so that's the name of it. All My Rowdy Friends are coming over tonight. Well, we got news that Monday Night Football is Oh, that's great. They are not going to use this. They are ditching it this year for Monday Night Football. All right, so it used to be all my rowdy friends are here on Monday night. 
It's been a part of the thing going all the way back to 1989, but now they're calling an audible because of the pandemic because most of the stadiums are going to be empty. I mean, my thing is, okay, it's, yeah, stadiums are empty, but the song is part of the interest, what everybody expects on Monday Night Football. We don't hear the words to the song and, and associate it with, well, there's people in the stadium. Just play the song. <laughs> it's funny to me that people that are involved with this at ESPN are going, well, the song says all my rowdy friends are coming over. It's out there in out there land. I say it's time again. Have mercy. Let the congregation say, hey, man, <laughs> it's time for the biggest, baddest party in the world. <laughs> so get on. What up, is that? Up a notch and get ready to boogie. Get baby. ready. What is that? That's Wolfman Jack. What is that? For? Is that the beginning of the Yeah. All My Rowdy Friends? Yeah. <laughs> that I is great. I just to throw some Wolfman on there. That is great. Well, anyway, they're taking it off. You watch Monday Night Football. They're going to have a doubleheader next week. It's not going to be there. They're taking it off because the stadium's empty. Now, think about that. You wouldn't care. Play the song, man. I don't get it. Why are they equating this? Anyway. Everybody's looking for something. Everybody's looking for something. Hey, all I know is that if anybody came to this show today looking for a little Wolfman Jack, (laughs) they got it. (laughs) Clap for for the Wolfman. That's it. He's going to rate your record high. (laughs) Rate your record high. That is a flashback. Just getting started with y'all here on Hope Day. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! with the home team. Stick around. Back with you in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. All right, y'all text me on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Or if you need the number itself, it might even be easier to remember. I don't know. 885-3776. That's a 601 number. Y'all text me, 885-3776. Regarding 25% capacity going to be allowed for home games at LSU, Jonathan texted the show. He said, which 25% is the key? Is it 25,000 half being students? Or is it the top 25,000 donors that sit behind glass and sip whiskey during the ballgame? He's right. Depending on like what's the makeup of those 25,000-ish fans that are allowed in there. That is a great point. <clears throat> ResDog says... Sources indicate that Garrett Schrader has moved to wide receiver. Any thoughts on this move? Well, Resdog, first of all, I'm going to need a little more help on what the sources are. And you don't have to be specific if you don't want to. Like, help me out. Seriously, I mean this. Like, is somebody reporting it? Or is it just, you know, you have an inside source? Or is it just a friend? Or do you have somebody that's, like, directly connected to the team? Because those things make a difference. I would tell you that, Number one, as of this morning, I haven't had a conversation with anybody or talked with anybody that has said, hey, this is happening. Okay. That's me. Number two, I wouldn't be surprised at all 
listen, you, you know, if you think about Garrett Schrader last year, as a true freshman in SEC games, he's really fast. Okay? He's faster than a lot of guys on the field. True freshman last year. And, oh, by the way, he's every bit 6'4", 6'5", 200 and whatever he weighs. You see him now, he's bigger, stronger. He doesn't look like – his body does not look like the little freshman with skinny arms anymore. Okay? And he's just built different than the other quarterback. The other quarterbacks are built like quarterbacks. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. They have kind of a certain build. This guy is not built like him. This guy's built like a receiver. This guy's built like a safety. He can fly. He's emotional. He gets hyped up. He likes contact. <laughs> hey, what was the name of that, that quarterback from uh, Arkansas that went on to play wide out for the Jaguars? Yeah, that's uh, Matt uh, Jones. Yeah, so is he a lot like Matt Jones, built like him? He, absolutely. Because that guy wasn't built like a, a traditional quarterback. Right. I would say that just in terms of the way God made him, Schrader looks like a little bit more of an athlete, but Matt Jones went to the combine and ran a 4-3. Yeah, okay. I mean, like on a laser time, ran 4-3 something in a 40. Matt Jones was a freak. He had these long strides when he'd run at six foot five. And he was like, he's not even really moving fast, but nobody can catch him. Well, he was moving really fast because He's a 4-3, and like you say, was a starting wide receiver in the NFL after yeah. playing quarterback in college and playing basketball. I'll never forget, I was in Humphrey Coliseum. <laughs> right. I was in Humphrey Coliseum for a game when he was playing for Arkansas, and they put him in a game, and the whole arena was excited about it because they all knew who he was, and he went up for a two-handed dunk and missed it. He got stuck. Oh, no. He got He went up and missed it, got stuck on the rim. <laughs> like, didn't quite get all the way up there, you know? I've done that before. <laughs> and people just lit him up. <clears throat> but the rim the, rejected him. Right, the rim rejected Well, okay, so is Garrett a 4-3? I don't think so. But he's legitimately a 4-5 guy in a 40. <clears throat> and long, athlete, smooth. All right, Resdog says that Paul Jones at 24-7 is saying it. I'm not surprised at all. And if you were to tell me that he would – after maybe a couple more weeks emerge as a real threat to break in there and run plays and catch the well, ball. There's not a, not a whole lot of other wideouts that we're familiar with uh, for State's receiving score, you know. Oh, there's chances to play. They ain't I no mean, doubt. Osiris Mitchell, but other than Osiris, I mean, is there there's somebody that you can go to right off the top of your tongue? No. It's all, not really. It's not really. I mean, they're all unproven because they hadn't had a chance to prove themselves. Right. I mean, and I've tried to put the numbers in perspective before. Uh, there, there's lots of different ones that have popped up, but like the one we've used before was how everybody, every returning receiver at Mississippi State, all of them combined for 82 catches last year. At Washington State last year, the running back himself had more than 82 catches. Yeah. Okay, the running back at LSU last year, where they lose? Two receivers to the draft, three to graduation. Now one's opted out, right? Not to mention Clyde Hilaire. Hilaire, the running back, yeah. who's going to play for the Chiefs Thursday night, Who tomorrow night. a bunch of receptions as well. Well, anyway, after Chase, Jamar Chase opted out, Cole Kublik put the stat out there that, you know, last year LSU receivers had like 400 and something catches. Well, 
94 of those catches return on this year's team. To make the point, look how much they're missing. Right. Brother, 94 of what's left of LSU's receivers, 94 catches of what's left of their receivers, that's still way more than State's receivers combined bring back, including their leading receiver off last year's team. He's in that group. Good point. They they have had no opportunities. People talk about like Javante Payton. Javante Payton was the number one receiver in JUCO coming out of Northwest two years ago. So was Stephen Gidry a couple, four years ago before that. You know? Right. And the thing about it, at least Gidry got opportunities. He just didn't catch the ball. Yeah, you that's know, correct. I mean, last year for Javante Payton, what did he get targeted? He get targeted once a game? Yeah. Twice a game? They've had no opportunity to do anything. So yeah, of, of course I think they're last unproven. year's passing was an anomaly for you know what's fixing to happen, yeah. you know, and it may just be that Leach told uh, told Schrader he said, "Man, the earliest you're going to get on the field is if you go play wide out." Mm-hmm. And maybe Schrader said, "All right, put me out there." Well, and I think part mm-hmm. of it too is it's a free year of eligibility for everybody. Yeah, Schrader also was being recruited as a receiver by a lot of big time schools, including Alabama. I want you to think about that. He goes to Mississippi State because he wants to play quarterback in Joe Moorhead's offense, but had places like Alabama recruiting him to come play receiver because he's 6'5 and can fly. Okay, so it's a free year of eligibility. You got a tall guy who can run. It's kind of like the Plumlee at Ole Miss conversation we've been having. Right? People go, all right, he's a legit 4'3", 40 athlete. You probably only have two or three of those on your entire team, maybe. How are you going to sit him on the sideline? How are you going to take one of your fastest guys, one of the fastest guys in the SEC, and put him on the sideline because he's the backup quarterback? No, you got to find a place for him to play. So that's why Lane Kiffin constantly gets questions about a position change potentially for Plumlee. Well, there ain't much difference. We're talking about what? One-tenth, one-one-hundredth of a second difference between Plumlee and Schrader. Except Schrader's a foot taller. So I would, I would not be surprised at all, not only if he does it, but number two, if I actually see him catching passes in ballgames week one, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Larry, hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. What's up, Larry? Hey, how you doing, Matt? Just right. Hey, man, a lot of, you know, it's my thing. I think a lot of the passing problems at State last year is due to the fact we flip quarterbacks every other game because of the injuries. And yeah. I just, I just don't think the wide receivers really ever gotten a groove. You know what I mean? They never There's had no a chance. You're exactly right. Thing. If Tommy Stevens is healthy the whole year, we're having a different conversation in a lot of ways probably. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Hey, you know, I just, talking about LSU, I mean, if, if I lost, the two coaches that they lost. I mean, it's not that they lost two coaches. It's the two they lost. Mm. You know, and all the starters that moved on and all the guys I was counting on coming back opted out. I, I mean, I just don't know if I would give up 21 points to any team. Oh, yeah. Well, they're I, confident, though, Larry. They're confident. It ain't gonna, it's, it doesn't gonna, it's not going to matter. I mean, LSU recruits at man, such a high level. Yeah, you got their message board, and they're saying, so what if all our offensive linemen quarantine? We'll just move defensive linemen over and let them play offense. I, I, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, they, just, they got talent. They have talent, right. you know. But 
I, what they were counting on coming back is not coming back. Right. And I, I would, you know, I'm not saying, let, let me put it this way. I have no expectations being a Mississippi State fan. None going into that game. I have nothing to lose. But if I was an LSU fan, I would be a little disconcerting about it. That's just my opinion. Well, and that's the thing about it, Larry. I I would, too. I think anybody – I I would, too. And I think anybody with their feet on the ground, uh, anybody with their feet on the ground being practical about this, that's an LSU fan, is looking at it that way. But, man, I sure haven't seen any of them, and I sure haven't heard any of them on this show or on the text line who are looking at it that way. They're as confident as ever. Yeah, well, you know, I mean – the team they put uh, that was probably one of the best SEC football teams in history last year. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's the best, but probably one of the best. Sure, probably right. the best quarterback they ever seen. I mean, I would probably be a little confident too, but I'm pretty rational. Maybe it's because I'm a Mississippi State fan, and, and you know, I I have that I have optimism, but I don't have I'm not fanatical. If you know what I mean? I oh, expect yeah. to lose games, and, and, and you know they're not playing four cupcakes this year. It's ten SEC schools. I mean, you're playing ten SEC schools, you know, every week, mm-hmm. and even even Vanderbilt will will follow up to you <laughs> so, if you're not ready. I mean, I, that's I'm just, right. You know, I, I just I look at it, if, if Mississippi State wins four games, they probably would have won eight games in a normal season. Hmm. Really you know, interesting that's point. That's the way I look at it. Hey, well, I'll let you go, man. Thanks, Appreciate Larry. It. Yeah, Bye. thanks for the call. Good call from Larry on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Kubota and much more. Stick around. All right, I've gotten a couple of compliments on my Padres shirt. So everybody watching the live stream, pay attention right now. See, number 19, Tony Gwynn on the back. It's the only non-Braves or Chiefs shirt for any professional team of any kind that I own or care to own. It's the only one. I've had it for years. I don't know how old this thing is. But it's like official Tony Gwynn memorabilia tagged. Yeah. Okay. So, but yes, you are gonna make me wear my Dale Murphy jersey into the studio? Bring it in there. <laughs> hey, the first time that I come there, when this whole COVID thing is, yeah, whenever first time I come in there, I'll wear this. You wear that. We'll do a selfie. We'll tweet it, and then we'll and, be rich and famous, and we'll call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be just as rich and famous as we were when we started, but. There you go. It'll be worth our time. Back with you in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Cody on YouTube says, "Uh, good luck with that whole defeating LSU thing, MSU. (laughs) Hey, look, Cody, it's the preseason. We're all positive right now. Every team in the country, their strength staff has done better than they did last year. Every team in the country, all of us, our players are in better shape. We have a little more depth. We're better on one side of the ball than the other. We're more experienced at certain positions. Okay? Let us have our fun right now while we can, Cody. Thanks. Mike on YouTube said, Hello, everyone. It's finally football season. Good luck to all teams. That's right. See? Good luck to all teams right now. I want to get to this real quick. I'm going rapid fire on the text line. Then I want to get to some things I want you to hear. Then coming up in hour two, we're going to talk to my friend, speaking of LSU, he's a big LSU fan, uh, Jeff Shepard. Go Shep, G-E-A-U-X. 
on Twitter for that matter. But Jeff is also the voice of Ocean Springs football on the radio. He was on the call the other night when uh, Ocean Springs whipped up on Moss Point on Friday night. And so we're going to talk with Jeff coming up. All right. A couple of people said this. Somebody on Facebook, somebody on the Country Please and Text Line said it as well, that Hank Jr. pulled his music from the NFL. Maybe it happened in the past, but they mended it. All the reports I'm seeing, including at sportsbusinessdaily.com, ESPN will not use Hank Williams Jr. for its Monday Night Football Open this season. They have decided that the song All My Rowdy Friends Are Here on Monday Night will not resonate for games that will be in empty stadiums. And you're right. It's dumb. Think about how soft-minded you are to think, uh, we don't want that song playing in the open because it insinuates a gathering of people. What? Come on! So I don't know if it's misreported or what, but that's out there. Bully Bill said, it's political, I don't care one way or another, but Hank is way right and ESPN is not. Well, maybe. And Flowtown Ghost said, that's your left liberal mindset for you. What makes sense doesn't make sense to them. That's what he says. All right, more of your text coming up real quick, though. I want you to hear this. Speaking of LSU, they had a scrimmage. Ed Ogeron. Is it Orgeron or Ogeron? Do we pronounce that R? I, I don't think the Cajuns do. It's kind of like New Orleans. I say Ogeron. Yeah, do you say New Orleans or do you say New Orleans? I say New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of a so cross. it be Ogeron. Ogeron. Yeah, I say Ogeron. Yeah, Coach right. Ogeron was, you know, like most coaches are, they're pretty positive coming out of their first scrimmage. Big scrimmage that we had on Friday. I was very pleased with uh, the organization of the scrimmage, uh, the game-type preparation by our coaches. Uh, all these preseason games are designed, although we're going against each other, designed to give the feeling of a game, uh, get prepared for a game, and see how we do on the live action. I thought our team uh, did very well. On both sides of the ball, defense got more pressure than usual. Uh, we had a, a large number of, of would have been sacks. Obviously, I called it early. Uh, there were some one-on-one wins. Uh, there were some protection breakdowns. Uh, our offense made some big plays. Uh, there were some um, some huge plays made for some young players, especially Eric Gilbert. He looked phenomenal in a couple of big-time plays. I thought Miles did very well. Had some things to um, improve on. Our young quarterbacks made some good plays. I thought our running backs ran the ball very well. Our linebackers played hard. And uh, there was an improvement on our defensive ends. I thought those guys played very well. little uh, scouting report, if you will, from Coach O of his team after their scrimmage on Friday. One more real quick. I got a whole bunch of stuff. I got more Coach O, Kiffin. You got Saban coming up later in the show. But right here, Zach Arnett. Defensive coordinator, first-year defensive coordinator Mississippi State met with the media last night. And the first question he got was, hey, last time you were on here, you were pretty blunt about how much work was left. How do you feel now about uh, your defense after the scrimmage? Here is Zach Arnett's answer, all of it. I'll put it bluntly. Do I feel a little better? Yes. Are we there? No. (laughs) That's it. And then he kind of gave it a chuckle, and they got to question number two. More from Zach Arnett (laughs) coming up. But first, Chris is uh, hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Chris? How you doing there, Matt? As far as I know, I'm fine. Hope so, you're doing well. 
so I wanted to I wanted to chime in on this LSU thing. I want to remind um, LSU fans what happened to them the last time they came to Starkville without Joe Brady and without um, their quarterback. I forgot his name. Burrow. Um, Burrow. Without the two Joes, what happened to you the last time you played us? So I want you to remember that, and that was with Nick Fitzgerald that didn't throw the ball. So I think that it's honestly not saying that State's going to win, but I think the game is going to be more on the lines of what happened. Was that 2017 or what was that that last year? That that was 2017. And so that's what I was going to say, Chris, is what if – the um, what if the devil's advocate answer from an LSU fan was yes, but that was 2017, and you had Dan Mullen, and you don't have him anymore. Okay, so our quarter, our new coach has more of a track record of putting up way more points than y'all have ever seen put up. That's what I would tell them. Okay, and I it's hear not you. about Mississippi State. It's not really, it's, and I'm, I'm high on I'm high on them this year because just because of what I've heard and what I've seen. I mean, Ed Ogeron has a track record of having to have great coaches and great players along beside him. I don't think they have a great coach, and I don't think they have a great player in there beside them to do that. And I think it's going to be more like 2017 than it is 2018 or 2019. Chris. And if that's the case. Mississippi State has a way better chance of beating them than they think. Yeah. So, LSU fans, be ready. Y'all have a great day, and I'll talk to y'all later in Hell State. He threw it down. Chris threw it down. LSU fans, be ready. Look, um, it, LSU fans should be confident. They have recruited very well. You know, in terms of recruiting classes, States doesn't compare on paper with theirs. Period. Fours and five stars, all that stuff? No. Mm-mm. That's true. Um, State lost a lot, but it doesn't compare to what LSU lost. Okay, does that even it out some? That's the real question in all this. And in reality, LSU should win the game, right? For some of the things I just said, on top of the fact that they will be at home and all of that. You know, they have a quarterback who at least has been there and been in their system before, played games in their uniform before. State, they're going to have a new one. You know, all these different things. But understand this. For the overly confident portion of the LSU fan base that says nothing matters, you know, they're a three-touchdown favorite, that's all there is to I don't mean to be dismissive, man. I just don't think it matters. I mean, you know, LSU is, a, is roughly a 20-point favorite in that game, and I think they're going to win it by three touchdowns. Okay, and so the, the, the overly confident is looking at this LSU team and going, because of Coach O and Steve Ensminger and Miles Brennan, this team will take no step backward. You think they got those championship blinders on? I think some people do. See, Cody is saying that on YouTube right now. This is a whole new team. Anything goes. And he's right. This t- There's just no way to confidently right now, based on any tangible information, 
say that this LSU team will take no step back. Every indication is that they will take a step back. For anyone to go, this LSU team ain't taking no step back, well, that's them going, again, like I said, they're willing to go out on the limb and make the claim with their name on it because of Ed Ogeron and Steve Ensminger and Miles Brennan. There will be no difference from this team versus the team a year ago. Well, wonder what flavor that is. I mean, there's going to be a huge difference. This team at LSU will run the ball a lot more. The games will be shorter. You know, the games will be tighter. They won't be as high scoring, obviously. Their defense will have to play better than they did at times a year ago. Their defense this year can't do what they did last year at Ole Miss. Or they'll get beat. So it's going to be a totally different situation depending on new people and all of that. We don't, have to make, we don't have to wait much longer. That's the good news. All right, that wraps up Hour 1. Hour 2 coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around.